So, Kevin, where you been? <laughs> yeah, this feels like season three, doesn't it? <laughs> this big lag. Season three. Feels like a whole new show. Like, who does. are these guys? A rebirth. Yeah, we've had some uh, interesting little um, problems along the way. We have, yeah. Best intentions were to keep recording all the time, but what uh, what we had were a series of increasingly comical uh, attempts to make a recording session, and then we couldn't. Yeah, I think increasing is a, a good word, because at first it was just a bit of um, fall semester, and I've got kids in two different schools now that our oldest is in middle school, so sometimes it was scheduling snafus. Yeah. But then at a certain point, you were, uh, I think you were Mr. Dad at home. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was home with the baby a few times. A, a hurricane came through North Florida, or at least through Florida. And that created some some fun things for us to deal with. One time, literally, I had a, I, I built myself a desk, uh, a new desk for my home office. And it's it, it's fun, you know, having, it, it's not like a fancy desk. It's more like I built, like, I needed a long one. So I got cheap wood and set it up and stuff. But then I couldn't, I, I tried to find the cord that goes to the audio equipment and then I snapped it. So I was like, darn it. Was it sort of a, is this the right cord? Let me break it and find out. Oh, wait, that was the right cord. <laughs> and it's, and it, it's the only one that fits that slot. Oh, yeah, that's pretty tough. I, I knew a pastor used to do a children's sermon with the sort of, someone from NASA gave him a screw and he sort of did the, this screw held together the entire space shuttle because it was like, the one screw that kind of, if it came out, the whole thing would fall apart or something like that. So your your cord was kind of like that. It was. That seems like a lot to base, you know, a mission sending humans into space, you know, one screw. Well, it, it was probably one of those things where the the um, the story was, you know, big fish story. So it was probably a bit oh, yeah, grander, yeah. you know, from a certain point of view as Obi Wan. Are you saying is that a nice says, way of saying he lied? He exaggerated. I there think, you go. potentially. There you go. Uh, as as Obi-Wan says, from a certain point of view, this is true. About Darth Vader and Luke and oh, yeah, all yeah. that. You know, that uh, Darth Vader killed his father. So, a certain point of view. I did see something, like one of those like clickbait you know, things you see online every now and again or on Facebook. I saw a comment about, you know, a simple math error cost NASA billions. And it was one of those like, what? No way. And... Do you remember when the Mars rover, like the, like the first Mars thing landed, uh, the, the probe or whatever, mm-hmm. and it like went dark and we lost it? Yeah. It was like a little shoebox, wasn't it? Riding yeah, it was like a, a little... it was, uh, the, the article didn't tell us what the, the error was, but that was basically, it said there was, oh, it, I know what it was. I remember now. It was the Imperial versus metric problem. They did not convert it the right way or so, something. It was like something was too long or too short. Let's put it that way. Hmm. And uh, it was like classic, like, screw you, Metric, you, you ruined us again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know flip- if that's true or, what, or, or like yeah. to what extent, but that's, that's how it was said. In this on, on the flip thing. side, when you think of all the calculations NASA does, I mean, there's going to be some mistakes. Let's just be honest. You, you, I'm sure they have redundancies and all sorts of yeah. things. But if people are involved, it's kind of like uh, books that, that you are going to find some mistakes in even the most oh, prestigious yeah. books. So. Um, you just hope it's not an expensive one for NASA. And I guess the rover recovered, right? It came back online? I think, yeah, they, they either found it again or something. Yeah, there, there was some. Yeah, it got lost somehow with the GPS. or I guess it wasn't GPS because it's not satellites. But no, you're right about the, the errors in books. Uh, whenever I was working on the thesis, and then that got published. And now when I'm working on a couple of other things, you know, every time I catch a typo, 
or someone makes a suggestion about, you know, oh, that idiom is not the best way to say that. It's actually this. You know, that preposition is wrong. And it's always like, oh, well, duh. The, my immediate instinct is to think, mine will be the only book that ever has an error in it. And <laughs> I thought about it. And I said, well, I think it's probably the case that I don't read for errors. I read to, to unless it's glaring, unless, unless it's like completely bad. I never sit down and ponder like, what's that, that colon there should not be, that should be, you know, a, 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 a comma. I don't do any, I don't read that so way. You're, you're not a grammar nerd. Yeah, I'm a bit of a grammar nerd. I, I, I notice. Yeah. Well, I think I'll give it a few passes. I mean, like we said, there are mistakes, but when you, when you yeah. start seeing several or, or the footnotes aren't consistent, you know, there's a, yeah. there's a period at the end of some and not at others, then I, I do start getting a little. Oh, sure. Itchy. Yeah. So I, but, but. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm just looking, but I do, I do notice. But my dad and I have always enjoyed talking grammar. It's a, maybe it's just a Taylor genetic code thing. No, and I think people that don't do that always wish they did. But then I think there is a natural inclination towards it. It's a yeah. There's a desire for order and consistency that presents that way. Yeah, I think it's a little OCD elements. You know, wanting to. Yeah, I think it's order and control in, in the text. And and we both know that um, language has always been fluid and, and the idea of grammatical rules are, are pretty recent. You, right? yeah. I mean, Middle English was just all over the place. Because yeah. without was, the printing yeah. press, there was no standards. So Yeah. Yeah, no, a, a book uh, I was, I've been reading lately on the Reformation comments on, you know, they say, oh, Gutenberg is cited as always being the one who dropped the price of books. But he said, you don't realize what this means for education. You know, you, a professor or teacher could have the exact same text now in front of all their students and they could study it together. Oh, wow. And, and if there are errors, then you need to fix it for the one copy because now you can reproduce it. And he said before, you know, everything's hand copied. So, oh, I, I made a little typo there. No big deal. It, it just it changed the approach to language in and of itself. Yeah, yeah, and you get uh, Peter Waldo, Peter Val Valdez, Valde in the French. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, he's yeah. get these different names because back then people are like, uh, close what? enough, you know, Latin yeah. version. I mean, th there was no authoritative spelling like yeah. we think of today, whereas there's a right and wrong. Um, and it, there really isn't now, though it is controlled somewhat. But this is why there's never, even in the modern computing age, there's never been a perfect grammar and style computer application that'll help you write well. Hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've, I've been using Grammarly. Have you used this I've program? I've heard about that. I've not used it, but I've heard about it. It's pretty good. It's it's like the, I mean, Microsoft Word has upped their game in terms of their spell check and stuff. But Grammarly is like that, you know, times a million. And it's an add-on, like it basically sits inside of Word and you click a button and then this... It's a subscription, right? Yeah, but it's real cheap. So I think if you get the whole year or however many months, it's like $11 a, a month. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I like it because it, it it raises not just grammatical issues, but it actually raises style issues. Like it, it used a phrase that I'd never heard of before. I want to test your grammar wonkiness here. It said that I was using a, a squinting modifier. Do you know oh, what a squinting, no, squinting modifier is? Unless it means unclear. I'm guessing unclear, squinting, but I don't know. I, th I think it's, yeah, I, I, I didn't look up the, actually that's interesting. I didn't look up the origin of, or the, the, what the word squinting necessarily means. But it's like when you, let's say you finish a sentence and you say, you know, Luther's view of this was based on this view. And then the very next sentence starts with, this means that the this is the squinting modifier. Because it's vague. 
Yeah, it's point. It's it's assuming that it, yeah they're wanting you to uh, not assume the reader knows what you just said or that they've connected it. Now what's funny is it brings it up all the time. I realized how often academics say that, and then ever since then I I notice it in all this writing. Every, lots of people start the follow up sentence with "This means that" or so, you know some mm-hmm. some some element like that. But Grammarly is like wigging out at me because it's it's saying I'm writing very badly. But it, it just tells you it's not it's an incomplete program. It always will be. Right. There's going to be judgment calls that you have to go by. So it's an AI. It's just analyzing certain. I wonder how. I mean, computers can't really read, but it, it must recognize patterns. Yes, it's just because got it, a souped up pattern or so, some type of recognizer. Yeah, that's right. It, it doesn't always demand silly conformity to like the one pattern or the one rule, but it tends to make better suggestions uh, for you. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, all these things are always going to be helpful. Sure. Particularly yeah. for a guy like me, where I'm, I'm, I'm usually get, I'll get lost in the, the the argument that I'm trying to make, and I, you know, can tell that that sentence or that you know something I'm writing there is not the best it could be. But I, I do not have the part of my brain that says, you know, let's let's focus on making it better. I like the editing process though for that, I like doing it later. Right. I don't right. know how we got off on that, but anyway. Yeah, something about printing and computers and all that. But uh, yeah, squinting modifier. I looked it up. Uh, Merriam-Webster. It says. Uh, online, of course, um, it says a modifier so placed in a sentence that it can be interpreted as modifying either what precedes or what follows. And it gives oh, the yes. example of uh, when you say getting dressed often is a nuisance. So the often is there. Is that referring referring to yeah. the getting dressed or the nuisance? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah you're right. I've never seen that as well. Yeah, the, it's like it's it's an adjective or, or uh, yeah, a modifier of any kind that. Um, like, where yeah. the hell does this go? I like, I don't, it could, it could go. That's something my advisor pointed out to me is I, I would really early on, I would occasionally put, you know, like the adjective or something a little bit too far away from the word that it modifies. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, writing's interesting and it's like speaking that we all have these habits. And one of the great things with grad school and, and PhD is, is becoming vulnerable to um to criticism because it's so super important. vulnerable. Yeah, but, but but you just don't yeah. see these things, and I see it yeah. for the undergrads that when you kind of, you know, a lot of them think they're a great speaker, or a great writer, and and you know I'm here to crush their dreams in part. Haha. Um, no, I'm really not here to yeah. crush their dreams, but I do need to um highlight these things because yeah. I've been doing this a lot longer than they have, and from as an external observer, I I can note it. But they, they really need that little guidance to, uh, you know, a lot of students like to say with that being said, and that's one that I hear all the time that drives me crazy. That's kind of a squinting modifier. I'm like, what just what? Was yeah. That? yeah, what are you, what are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> well, have you ever had a student at the end of a class to get the grade back or something and they they complain like they raise they, they you know, they say, well, you know, I didn't think the syllabus was very clear. And have you ever had? Yeah, there's a little bit of that or just surprise. I get a lot of it. I, or I should say compared to. You uh, working in an undergraduate environment or some other colleague friends of ours, I find I get it quite often or n- not. <laughs> that, that sounds bad on me. I get it at least once every year or two. Somebody just does mm-hmm. the like, this is your fault kind of a, a, a dig. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is I have a little bit older student body. So, you know, these people are, have had careers, jobs, kids, you know, they're a little more. And they're very nervous going back to school. I'm sure. Very much. Yeah. And, and they're a little more confident in terms of, you know, approaching somebody in power or leadership. What I've noticed is when, when people act that way, uh, in particular, 
I, I, I first go back and look, where did they do the worst? And I had this happen with a new course over the summer. Uh, and the course did very well. The students did very well. But uh, one student, again, a little bit older, said he claimed that no one knew what was going on. He took the whole class on his side. Then I went back and looked, and he had done not very well in his papers. And, he, and then I went to the email again, and he said, I thought I had done very well in my papers. And, and I, it, what you just said is true. He was probably very vulnerable, and he probably ended up with something that he was proud of. But then to get it back where I, I said both – it wasn't just bad. It was like form and content are off here. Right. You're not executing the paper, and the argument is spurious. It's just based off of a bad way of looking at it. And, you know, I wasn't rude about it. I just said, hey, here's a better way to think about it. So anyway, that, that vulnerability is right. And I, I remember I, I, I felt – at times abused by like like metaphorically abused by my advisor just just by the blistering comments in the margins of the paper because i was just like i can't get this right you know and uh in the end it's he he was always right about the comments he was making but i thought you know man this would have passed at master's level now i'm getting you know told it's it's not very good yeah it's 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 tough and it's no fun and um to receive those comments but i realized in graduate school that senior scholars, they're actually wanting that feedback. They're yes. giving papers at, at seminars. They are out there giving their paper and they're asking their colleagues and friends to read their work because they'd much rather get the feedback than have it published and have it be a disaster. Nobody so, wants to get pants than public. No. Correct. So that, that happened to me. I, I, my advisor was just, I don't want to say merciless, but he, he just wasn't letting me get away with even simple. If there was a, a better way to say it, he was always going to point it out, put it that way. Wow. But my viva, the end, the defense of the thesis was 30 or 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And they found no errors. Mm-hmm. So as I told, you know, I've always said this people, I'd rather have paid it forward. And, and then it was immediately publishable because it didn't have any errors. You're right. Senior scholars know the value. Like it's right. it's far and, worse. And, if it's and they don't friendly. want to be out of touch. And so they they put themselves out there in a sense. Now, as senior scholars, or you could say they're not as vulnerable, of course, because they have a certain reputation and position. But but that vulnerability is a key to academics. It, it if you want to be relevant. And so I, I appreciate learning that lesson of of knowing. You know, hey, I worked really hard on this, and I want your honest feedback. And if it sucks, I, I want to know that because um, you know, yeah, I don't want to be the yeah, emperor of clothes. Tell me now. Um, and I also see how you get, you can, you said your, um, your supervisor could be very brutal in, in the comments. And I can see how that happens because as you supervise or read lots of writing, you, um, you just so quickly note the, the common mistakes. And so you just kind of riff on yeah. it. And I do try to remember to couch it in kindness or, or say something positive because it's really easy to say, the, the very common things as I'm reading, you know, 70 essays, it's very easy to, to highlight certain things that um, they're still people, but um, yeah, but I get both sides. No, you're right. Gra- grading. I've, I've noticed more stuff, even in my own way of writing or whatever, by grading people. You're right. Cause I yeah, see it all the time. Like, Oh, that. I do that. Or I know yeah. why they did this, but I've got a comment because I can't respect myself if I don't you know, just point out that this argument doesn't really answer the question of the paper. Or the assignment. So, and and that's usually yeah. the hardest one when they write a really good paper, but it's really not germane to the assignment. You're like this, and so I even put like this would be yeah. a great paper if the assignment had been X, but it was an X. So, you know, that's hard. Yeah, I'm the same way. I do tend to be the guy that, or I try to be the professor that says, 
this is great, you know, but that, that kind of stuff. The only time I sort of put on my the, the hat where I, I act like my, my advisor did are cases where I either find the student lazily threw something together because I always feel like you're just completely wasting yeah, like I, my I, time I, and your own. Hurts, and yeah. I, I would almost give you a, a, like a C if you just told me like, hey, I, I didn't have time. I, I you know, <laughs> not really, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Rather than give me something that's not even close to um, what I'm looking for. And I, it's just I have to spend more time grading it. But that being said, I'm using very nice. The, the only time, the only other way I might be in a paper is I'll be silly. It has to be a student that I know very well. Like I, I had one student years and years and years ago who turned in a paper that just had, he was trying to make it almost like a poetic. He would make one point and then he would have like 15 analogies or illustrations about the way that idea is to be understood. And for example, it wasn't just we stand on the shoulders of giants. It's, and those giants stand on the shoulders of other, you just get this like on top of a turtle, on top, on top of, of a atlas, on top of. At some point, it does become Yurtle the turtle from Doctor Seuss. <laughs> and I just at some point he was a good he was a now a friend, and I was able to laugh, and I said, you know, this is where illustrations go to die, or something silly to him, like. But that's rare. I mean, you have to have the yeah. relationship, and I find if you can get them to laugh at themselves, then it, it does help. You know. Yeah, yeah, being willing to take criticism. Well, one of our cancellations for recording. Um, oh, and there was one too that I think your recording just was was fritzed. Remember that? That was yes. that was hard too because we recorded. I it. Yeah, and you tried to rebuild it or something, and we're like, yeah, it's, it's like, like the, there is uh, some somewhere there. There's the there's the lost bootleg tape that, that <laughs> is gone forever. Just both basically me laughing into empty space. I think what happened was yeah, the file got corrupted. That's what it was. Yeah, or something with your mic, but it couldn't. Or at some point, you thought maybe you could clean it up or something, but I think it. Oh out. yes, I remember what it was. It was, uh, the, uh, of course, that it goes from a compressor into uh, out of a USB cord into my computer. I had it set up where the computer, like you're supposed to tell the computer to not try to control the 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 audio file, if that makes sense. And I had not turned that off, so yeah, it was just like this clicking, popping, hissing sound. All like it sounded like an old vinyl recording of us talking. So uh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Man, we lost a lot of um, of opportunities to record. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of excuses, but one of them, and I was kind of concerned, was the hurricane that came into Florida, and I was sort of texting you saying, "You guys okay?" and you weren't responding, and I did <laughs> have this idea of you were hanging onto a flagpole. As the Woo! phone was sailing, you know, you were sort of in the yeah. midst of the uh, the MSNBC footage. I would see you in the background, yeah, uh, walking yeah. around, and 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 so I, I so tell me how that did was I ever respond? Did I that because I don't think you did. So I kind of okay. saw you in some shelter with your feet in like a warm bath. Yeah, no, it was the opposite, which is my I I think I, I, I don't know why I didn't reach back, but the response to most people was I'm fine. I'm sitting here wa- eating chicken, watching Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> now that is a Ryan Reef story right there. Yeah, we thought like, you were dead. No, I'm fine. I'm this fine. happened last year too. Like my 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 family left me and evacuated to Tallahassee when I forget which uh, was it Andrew or something coming through here, and um, yeah, not, we didn't even lose power last last year or this year. Because <laughs> then you would have left, right? Because you'd have lost the yeah. internet. Then you would have left. Well, and <laughs> something about being raised in Florida, there's a little bit of that, like you know, no big deal. Like we're fine. But it's also you have to know what what's bad about a hurricane. So there are two things that are bad in hurricanes. One is very it's not bad in the sense of it's more inconvenient, which is you lose power 
because big trees fall over and knock down power lines. Well, I live in a newer development, so the trees are younger, so they're not that big, you know, the big oaks that, that topple. And all of our power lines are buried now. It's a new thing they do in Florida. Hmm. Now, they haven't gone back to old neighborhoods and done it, so people that live in those old, cool, rustic houses will lose power for like a week or two. And then the problem is, is the day after the hurricane is 98 again. Yeah. So that stinks. Literally, and and yeah. The other problem is if you live on water, and I always I joked with our, my colleagues and the president and stuff at Boston. I say you don't pay me enough to live on water, so I, I don't have a problem because you don't. Ha- I don't have any surge issues, nothing like that. So, but downtown was hit pretty bad there, wasn't it? Though that's right. So here's the cool. Here's the uh, I shouldn't say cool. The uh, interesting. The 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 thing I I never realized. I, I knew one fact about this, but it makes sense, which is the St. John's River, which is the river that flooded over into the downtown area. One little Jeopardy fact about it is the St. John's River and the Nile River are the only two rivers in the world that flow north. Huh. All of them flow south. And and I've actually, when I was a kid, I remember thinking, that seems very strange that the Nile goes from south to north and it lets out into the Mediterranean. But now I realize it is only two rivers that do that. So the St. John's River goes up and right before downtown Jack's, it takes a right-hand turn and it heads out to the ocean. Right at that spot, it's a bottleneck. Like it's much, okay. it's much thinner than it is further up uh, down south, where the river is much wider. So a couple things happen. We had a, just a ton of rain get dropped on us in the hurricane. You get this storm surge thing where the the water gets rushed in fast, uh, and then a couple other factors. So what happened downtown is all that water rushed back out fast, and then it that's why it went over the banks. So. They said it was like a once in a millennia like occurrence of that amount of water uh, all happening at once, that kind of stuff. No, so, wherever the water to go. Yeah. I don't know how they can tell it was once in a millennia, but I'll take it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, in the year 960. <laughs> we have this evidence from the Native Americans. <laughs> they called it Hurricane Bob. <laughs> right. Well, I've, I lived through... Um, a hurricane down in Houston and there was a lot of flooding in Houston because of thunderstorms and all and the way the soil is very clay down there and lots of yeah. city and asphalt and uh, concrete so they have big retaining ponds to try to deal yeah. with it but it's it was still weird that roads would just flood and and everyone's trying to either get a turn back around some guys are trying to cross through it and then they stall out and, yeah. and it could pop up in two hours. And, and mammoth uh, rains like you were talking about. So we saw a few of those. And, um, and one was really bad in Houston. And it flooded the, um, all the hospitals and the medical area because it was kind of low level down there. And um, yeah, so it was a bit, it, that, that was really wild to, to go through. And that actually, I could not get home. And with, there were probably six different ways I could get to my house. And all of them were impassable. So I, I had to park at the Jewish Community Center and wow. sort of trudge through ankle-deep water to um, get to the house. And then another time in Greenville, North Carolina, we had a flood. Hurricane Floyd, I believe. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And we really couldn't get out. Like any road out of town, there were helicopters flying from the National Guard, and, and the, all roads were shut off. So it was kind of creepy. Wow. But um, after a few days, we were all right. But, yeah, it was kind of surreal that we couldn't leave town. No, you're right, though, because I think um, most people, when they think hurricanes, they, they see Katrina, they see the, what happened in Houston just now, and some others. Or they see 
you know, the Caribbean area or South Florida when it gets hit with like the Cat 5, like first wave of the, as it hits the beach, so to speak. North Florida, where I am now, uh, in Central Florida, where I grew up, I guess the reason why I wasn't raised to fear hurricanes is, one, the hurricane's usually much, much less by the time it gets anywhere to the north of Florida. I mean, it was it was like a Cat 1, maybe a, like a low Cat 2 when it got here, which is um, the joke in Florida is that's just like an average <laughs> afternoon storm. <laughs> so it was that didn't... My kids thought it was going to be scary. My son didn't want to go outside one time and... You know, we were like, "Look, son, you're gonna you're gonna be laugh at this because it's really not that big of a deal." But at the end of the day, the the categories don't really reach here like they do in the Caribbean or what happened in Puerto Rico or um, other places. Um, the other thing is, we we're very flat in Florida. Like they're they're really, I mean, a hill is a mountain for us. So you mm-hmm. get nothing. So and the, uh, you 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 mentioned something that I never thought as a connection, but it's true. We have extraordinarily sandy soil, so the water doesn't get like it's not like clay. Yeah, so it can't, it won't get absorbed quickly. So exactly, it just starts flowing. Yeah, you can get a lot of standing water, but it 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 almost I wouldn't say immediately, but but usually very quickly it'll it'll go away. That being said, now I understand. I mean, it makes total sense why other communities like Houston and others will get very worried about hurricanes because any extra dump of water would make it. What it, well, actually what we saw in in, in Houston. So mm-hmm. that's right. My our friend Michael. Um, yeah, he he had just moved back from Aberdeen, having finished his residency there. Uh, he's gone back to finish up, but he wanted to get back to Houston, and he he arrived like just I think a week or two before it happened. Wow. He didn't have any damage or anything, but he it was he said it's kind of surreal to get back just for that. Yeah, a weird weird welcome mat for that. Yeah. Good night, Denmark. We we love you. <laughs>